Welcome to Untold Physio Stories, a podcast that informs and educates by connecting you to rehab industry leaders who share their candid successes and failures in business and practice. Welcome back to Untold Physio Stories. Jason Shane is not here. I'm your host today, Dr. E with Modern Manual Therapy, Untold Physio Stories, UpTalk Media, EdgeMobilitySystem.com. You can check all those things out. And today I'm here with Colin Rust, and he'll do a quick intro, and then I think he has a story for us. Right, Colin? Welcome to the podcast. That's right. Thanks, Urson. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate the opportunity. Um, my name's Colin Rust. I graduated as a physical therapist three years ago from University of Minnesota. Um, since then, I've been working in uh, rural um, southern Minnesota at uh, hospital-based outpatient settings. And I have uh, two stories today, um, both uh, both regarding red, red flag screening and uh, spinal cord compression. So I um, thought this was an both of these are interesting opportunities to share why, number one, why screening is so important and the importance of uh, collaboration amongst different settings and amongst different health professionals as well. So uh, yeah, I'll jump into the, the first one here. Um, first patient is a late 70s male. Um, I evaluated him in outpatient physical therapy with a diagnosis of post-op right total knee arthroplasty with associated weakness. Um, the patient was about one and a half months from their initial surgery to the outpatient physical therapy exam. Um, I think it's important to know a little bit of the background on this case and how we got to this point to begin with. Um, the patient saw an orthosurgeon and uh, patient and wife were very uh, forceful in wanting a immediate knee replacement. Um, after the knee replacement, the acute care PTs reported patient was max assist times two for transferring, but uh, patient had some an adverse reaction to uh, the meds with altered mental status and was transferred to, um, to a psych floor before being discharged to a small town nursing home. From the small town nursing home, um, patient was transferred to a facility closer to family in, the, in a larger metro area. After, and after being discharged to home from the second nursing home, he followed up with ortho who referred to outpatient PT. Um, patient had a past medical history of bilateral shoulder replacements with prolonged hospitalization due to a MRSA infection in one shoulder. So he, at baseline, he had decreased sensation in both hands and uh, the bilateral shoulder re replacements limited his ability to transfer. Um, further questioning. He had a three to six month history of bilateral knee weakness with frequent falls being uh, greater than 50 in the last six months. Um, his home had about 20 stairs uh, in order for him to access uh, bedroom and bathroom, which were on separate levels. And uh, his wife was having a very hard time assisting with transfers. He was using a two-wheeled walker and he presented to the visit in the wheelchair. So. Um, all these not, not being great signs moving forward. Uh, also, when I questioned him further, he reported that 
recently started wearing Depends due to intermittent urinary incontinence. Um, physical findings had positive Babinski hyperreflexia in bilateral low extremities. Uh, when we did do a sit to stand, he had a um, scissor, scissoring gait pattern and significant weakness in bilateral um, quads. Uh, asked a colleague with a neuro with neural rehab training to consult at that initial visit, and she confirmed my findings and contacted a neurologist explaining the red flag concerns. Um, patient got in to see the neurologist two days later. Um, neurologist recommended an immediate CT myelogram and referred to a neurosurgeon for surgical consult. Uh, patient and the wife set up the CT myelogram. Um, they were recommended to get in right away, but they had an important family function they didn't want to admit, and ended up delaying the CT myelogram for two weeks, and then saw the neurosurgeon two weeks following the CT myelogram. The myelogram showed multi-site spinal cord impingement and uh, urgently underwent a spinal cord decompression. Um, and after the spinal cord decompression, um, C3, C4, and L3, L4 from the surgical notes was the areas of the most compression. Um, he was seen in inpatient rehab, uh, inpatient rehab, transferred to TCU, and then um, from TCU was unable to track um, where he was discharged to after that, but I believe he discharged to a nursing home um, being wheelchair bound. Um, in TCU, he had been able to ambulate with physical therapist assistance some days, but other days had been unable. So um, as far as I know, I believe the patient is, uh, is still wheelchair bound and probably likely still in a nursing home. That's some, that's some good screening. Um, and we do have time for your other one, if you could uh, also summarize that, and then and we'll do a quick summary. Awesome. Um, second case is a male in his early 80s. Patient was first evaluated um, under, under our care in a TCU, critical access hospital setting, status post uh, lumbar, four and five fusion hardware removal and removal of spinal cord stimulator. The evaluation was about eight days post-surgery. Patient at baseline had a multi-year history of chronic low back pain with radicular symptoms, um, including multiple surgeries with laminectomies, the above-mentioned fusion, and the implant of a spinal stimulator. Baseline, he used a four-wheeled walker for ambulation, um, had peripheral neuropathy in bilateral feet, and had a right lower extremity DVT post-surgically. So um, after the surgery, a uh, patient had an adverse reaction to medication and was transferred from the spinal surgery floor to the ICU floor for five days. Um, from the ICU floor, patient was discharged to the TCU setting in his hometown. Um, and uh, family had requested that he be discharged um, when he was because there was a large snowstorm coming um, and otherwise his discharge would have been delayed four or five more days. 
Um, so upon arriving, patients still had some altered mental status, um, poor pain control, and was max assist times three for transfers. Uh, using a catheter for urinating, a ceiling lift to the commode, and very challenging to complete the subjective and physical exam due to the altered mental status. Over the next seven days, patient gradually exhibited um, typical mentation for him, slowly improving ease of transfer, so it was max assist of two for sit to stand and pivoting, and much improved pain control. Um, that following weekend, the patient started complaining of increased pain, difficulty urinating. So um, on a bladder scan was retaining some urine. Patient or a physician ordered CT scan, which showed a hematoma in the spinal column and recommended immediate MRI to confirm. Uh, on Mondays, the, uh, the findings weren't brought up in the rounding meetings. So um, as a therapy staff, we did not know about the CT scan results until Tuesday morning. Um, PT staff and nursing staff were concerned about increasing weakness, pain, urinary retention, and episodes of bowel incontinence since the weekend. Um, so PT staff consulted with the physician and said that um, we would not work with the patient until an MRI was done to rule out cord compression. Um, physician balked initially at the suggestion and thought PT was overreacting, um, but the nursing staff also relayed their concerns with decline in status and an MRI was ordered. So the MRI confirmed a 12 by 6 centimeter hematoma, um, which ended up being uh, infected in the spinal column from L2 to S1 and was recommended for immediate spinal cord decompression. Um, patient transfer then transferred back to the um, the hospital where the initial surgery was completed and um, due to the uh, DVT anticoagulation concerns a surgery was completed within 48 hours which was about three weeks after that initial surgery um, so the the final diagnosis for that patient was a subacute cauda equina with neurogenic bowel and bladder um, due to 12 by 6 centimeter post-op hematoma with staph infection covering L2 to S1 after evacuation and removal of spinal cord stimulator along with L4, L5 fusion component removal. Um, this story has a, has a much better ending than the, my initial one. Um, so about a week after that second surgery, he transferred back to the TCU setting to complete rehab progressing smoothly and discharged to home health within 25 days. After a week of home health, transitioned to outpatient PT. In outpatient PT, um, regained independence with all transfers, ADLs, uh, driving, uh, was back to using four-wheeled walker for ambulation. Um, basically just a general reconditioning and strengthening and some soft tissue work to the incisional areas. Uh, pain was at a four out of 10 which was much better um, even to prior to the spinal cord stimulator removal. Um, recently has been discharged from outpatient PT and his main goal was to be able to travel to and from Hawaii for a grandchild's wedding this summer. So well, well on track for that. So much better outcome for the second case. That's great. Soft tissue work and inpatient? That's nuts, dude. Not, not an inpatient, in the outpatient setting. Well, I was just kidding anyway. Um, 
Yeah, the, the thing with inpatient and, and acute care settings is I think, you know, it gets flack for being more simple than this gold standard diagnostic outpatient ortho type thing. But I mean, every at every step you have to screen and every step history is important and um, a full screen is important. And, you know, it makes you wonder for both of these patients, like how long how many other other symptoms are attributable to whatever was going on, especially the guy with like the multiple areas of cord compression. I mean, like, did he really have, did he really need two bilateral frozen shoulders or did he have like immense shoulder pain? Cause he had, you know, like a cervical cord compression as well. Um, I mean, all these things kind of overlap, but that scissoring gait was kind of worrying too. Like how did he just like randomly start presenting a scissoring gait right when you saw him? <laughs> well, I, the, the challenging thing about the first case for me is very frustrating because, you know, I think about uh, being hospitalized, being in two different nursing homes, you know, being screened for surgery. There was a lot of medical professionals that worked with him that clearly didn't do a very thorough exam or at least um, didn't recognize some of these red flag things that were coming up. Right. You wonder if they just did like a cursory like manual muscle test in, in cursory range while he was in a wheelchair right as and opposed a, to looking at a, other things yeah for a patient coming in for a outpatient pt to be a month and a half after a bilateral total knee and to be in a wheelchair that was kind of immediately thought was strange from the get-go right right you would expect that he would have had better function than that but sometimes it's not even the pt sometimes it's the patient right but in this case it wasn't the patient's fault um, yeah, or the PT's fault, I should say. Yeah, and for yeah. that first one, it's sounding like you know, kind of three to six months of gradual worsening of of symptoms, whereas the second one was kind of like, um, you know, very closely related to the post-surgical hematoma with with the infection uh, near the spinal cord. So, you know, obviously, you don't. You, le- you know, you learn the screening stuff for the cod equina in school, and I, I definitely did not expect to see um, two of those within the last year. Yeah, that, that, it's funny. There's another recent story, too, where, like, a new grad who just went through a residency as well saw two cancer cases in a year. And I'm thinking, like, I've seen maybe four or five cancer cases at this point in 20 years. So to see things like that so soon it almost makes you it's better for your screening but it almost makes you think these things happen more often than they do <laughs> yeah so all right well thanks for sharing your stories colin if uh our listeners want to engage with you on social media or find you uh can you tell us how to do that sure easy way to contact me is uh twitter colin rust dpt or on facebook all right well i should have introduced you as doctor and i did not do that so Thanks, Dr. Rust, for sharing your stories on Untold Physio Stories. Uh, make sure you check out Shane Physiotherapy on Facebook. Check out Modern Manual Therapy on Facebook, Instagram, on, and YouTube. Uh, please rate Untold Physio Stories five stars on iTunes and tell all your friends and colleagues about us. And you guys have a great day.